Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jazz have yet to lead in the second half. Gobert rolling into the basket. Ball fakes three times. Kicks back to Gordon. Three with five on the clock. Jazz lead it by three! 82-79, 11-2-run behind two Gordon Hayward threes. It is locked on Jazz for the 22nd of June, the day before the NBA draft. Lies, 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 and more lies everywhere. We'll break down what's happening and where the draft breaks down, what the Jazz choices are at this point, and other major discussion points, plus the latest of the Jazz draft brackets. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today's program is brought to you by Utah NBA Online. Get your new careers, life started at the University of Utah's MBA online program. You get the same MBA degree that other all the on-campus MBA students get. Visit Utah MBA online. And by Devin Cash Equity Real Estate. Devin Cash, a great answer for you if you are buying or selling a house. Devin Cash will take care of you. Call him at 801-759-1495. And Devin Cash wants you to see a lot of jazz games next year. I'll explain that coming up. But first, let's get to all the things that are going on. Locked on NBA is loaded with draft coverage. I'll keep updating you. I might even do extra podcasts. I'll stay with you. Follow me on Twitter at Locked on Sports uh, for all of the latest news. Things are Going nuts, and I'll try to make sure that by the end of this podcast, you have a really good idea of of what's uh, taking place around the league, what the options are, what to watch. Uh, tomorrow, we'll really get into uh, what to watch. Uh, AJ Glad is our pin across the world today. I grew up in Utah, was around the Jazz, but did not really get into the, being a diehard Jazz fan until I came back from my mission to Ohio. I found the podcast the day after the Jazz beat San Antonio with a Mo Williams three, and you were playing. We need a hero. I remember none of that, but I will believe you. Nor do I ever remember. Mo- oh, yeah, Mo Williams just pulled up and played dribble 25 and shot. I remember. I've been a daily listener since, and because of it, I have been more of a diehard Jazz fan, more knowledgeable of the NBA. I wish I had a job where I could had money to be a season ticket holder, uh, but I don't, and I could see as many Jazz games. I currently live in Santa Clara, U- Santa Clara, Utah. Oh, Santa Clara, California would be awesome. I have no – where is Santa Clara, Utah? I don't know, but I'm sure it's nice. AJ Glad, thanks for the pin across the world. Let's get to our locked on jazz story, lead story, tip off story of the day, and that's what's what's happening. Where is the draft order? What's gonna happen? So number one on the book, Simmons is going one, Ingram's going two. That we know. There's a feeling that Chris Dunn's going three and that Marquise Chris is going four. Frankly, Neither of these teams want to draft this this pick. And that's where this draft is getting interesting. There's a lot of people that are saying, well, if they don't want to, but everyone kind of knows why. And so, you know, if you think of teams that want to trade in, there just aren't that many teams right now in the NBA that are looking for long-term developmental 
uh, projects, and there's so much cap room, I think people think they can fill it, which is making this draft really quite interesting. You have Phoenix, Denver, and Boston with multiple picks, all of which kind of want to get out of the first round, except for the fact there aren't a lot of teams that are desperate to get in, and everyone knows they want to get out. I've got a lot of emails from people saying, well, if the draft is fairly even from 19 to 30 and kind of, or nine, excuse me, nine to 30 and in the eyes of the beholder, then why don't we trade down? Well, everyone knows that. <laughs> like, right? Like, the, it's not as though this is some unique thing that I just figured out or that the Jazz just figured out. Everyone kind of has that uh, feeling. So while I keep hearing that there's going to be so much movement, I actually don't believe it. Because I can't see right now the incentive on both sides to make deals. So Boston and Phoenix really want to move three and four. I think New Orleans or Denver might even be willing to move six or seven. I know Sacramento's been calling about eight. But somebody else has got to play. There's got to be two things. There's got to be a player out there that's worth it. that you will, And then you've also got to be giving up enough to get it that that team wants to trade that pick. So... I actually think that this will be a surprisingly little movement. The other scenario I've brought up before but I will remind you of is that deals that don't fit under the cap will fit under the cap as of July 1 when the new cap kicks in. So you may see deals that are agreed to or that are uh, and that aren't going to be announced until and consummated until after July 1. All right, let me try to walk you through the draft. And see where it's going to go and what's going to happen. So if Simmons and Ingram are going to go 1-2, then people believe Dunn is going 3 and Chris is going 4 to Phoenix. Minnesota is at 5. Many people thought they were going to take Jamal Murray. There's a high, <coughs> excuse me, there's an increased feeling that Buddy Heald will go 5 to Minnesota. Murray, who I really like, seems to be losing steam right now in a lot of circles. There are major concerns of whether he can defend. There's major concerns of whether he's athletic enough for him to be able to defend and be on the floor and whether or not he's really got the NBA makeup. Now, the guys who like him and I talk to will say this. I've seen him at every level. He's always been the best player on the floor. He played with a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans at Kentucky, and he scored 20 points a game. I walked in the hotel yesterday, and the first thing I saw was John Calipari. Talked to him for a while, and obviously he is pubbing him, loves him. I thought it was interesting. He also pubbed his little point guard, didn't mention Scalabossier at all. I thought that was interesting. So if Heald goes five, then New Orleans is at six, deciding between Murray or Bender. Some people believe they go Bender. Again, Maybe not what they want to do. Uh, New Orleans supposedly wants to fill most of their areas and their uh, uh, gaps. Sorry, tweets going off and you just never know what's news breaking right now. Uh, Most of their gaps in free agency and not necessarily in the draft. So that Bender might be a developmental project. If they take, if New Orleans goes to, if Bender goes six, Denver takes Brown at seven. Jamal Murray slides to eight and rumors are Sacramento doesn't love him. Now the question is whether, you know, someone who does love him, now you have incentive for someone to jump. Now you have, a, you know, now you're starting to put together deals where someone may jump if they like Jamal Murray to go get Murray. 
Uh, Sacramento's really interesting because we've all believed that the top eight will be Sing- Simmons, Ingram, Dunn, Chris, Murray, Bender, Heald, and Brown. Sacramento supposedly, uh, there's rumors that uh, Jaeger likes Sabonis an awful lot. They had Baldwin in for a workout, and maybe that's willing to slide down. But again, it's not clear where guys are going after that for them to slide down. So let's. So the big top eight, I think we all still know, unless Sacramento's going to do something nuts, is the big storylines for you in the top eight of the draft are first who's going to be able to get the trade to get out and is anyone going to come in? Second, is Minnesota going Buddy Heald instead of Jamal Murray, which then Murray like, could slide all the way to eight? And then does someone trade up to go get him? So those are kind of the big – and then does if the case is, can sac, does Sacramento move it? So that's kind of the big stories that are floating around the top eight of the draft uh, right now. I, I will move to the next part in a second. But first, let me tell you about Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate. Uh, right now is a great time to sell. Realtors are seeing more buyers. Sellers are making fewer concessions. Rates are historically low. So then it's, you know, so it's working out for everybody right now. So if you're l- looking to get into the market, Devin Cash will do a bunch of things that really work for you. First is he will give you a free market analysis to help determine your home site. Let, let me tell you quick story we sold a house in seattle we had a second house in seattle and you know i I got screwed i I got a a realtor who just did a piss poor job they did a bad market analysis i thought we're gonna be able to sell at one number and we got a different and by the time we got in the process we were detached from the house emotionally the idea of trying to run a rental property from afar was a bad and we were done and we suddenly were selling at a number I never expected and took a terrible bath. So you've got to find someone you really trust. And Devin Cash is going to help you out a great deal with this by first giving you a free market analysis to help you determine your home's value. So you really know whether or not the process and really look into that. Make sure you do that. Well, then he, he talks about how he tries to take care of it. He, he takes the heart of a teacher. He wants to, first of all, he loves working with you. He wants to take you from the start to the finish of the process calmly talking about it one-on-one, not secretaries, receptionists, coordinators. Never feel a rush. Go through the process and enjoy it. Uh, Charity and Ryan said, we're so happy with Devin Cash, our realtor, both in purchasing our new house and selling our old home. Devin's knowledge and experience helped reduce the worry in a sometimes stressful situation. His tireless hard work and kindness in every interaction made us fully feel supported every step of the way. So that is who Devin Cash is. You can call him right now at 801-759-1495. Take the first step. Have him do a market analysis. See where you stand. 801-759-1495. And then if you do buy or sell a house with Devin, he'll give you two jazz free season tickets. That's a pretty good deal. Two free season tickets. Certain restrictions apply. Call for details. 801-759-1495. All right, so where do the jazz stand? Where do the jazz stand on all this? Okay, so then if those eight actually go eight and Sacramento doesn't do something crazy, number nine is Toronto. Everyone believes they're going big, but it feels as though they're either taking Sabonis, Henry Ellison, or Davis. Scalabassiere is another one being mentioned there, but I I don't feel that right now. So you start to play this game. If If Toronto takes Sabonis... Then Ellison could go 10. Then it's either Ellison or Pirtle going 10 to Milwaukee if they're going to go big. And then Orlando goes next 
and so and likely takes Davis. So one scenario has Pirtle on the board. The scenario where Sabonis, then Pirtle, Davis go has Pirtle on the board for the Jazz if they want to take him, and I'll and I'll discuss that for you in a second. Uh, there, there's a run of bigs that could happen here. There's if Toronto goes big, Milwaukee could follow going big, and Orlando goes big. And there's really there's kind of four of them. There's Davis, Ellison, Sabonis, and Pirtle. And so one of those likely gets to the Jazz. And then the question is, which of those do the Jazz like or do they want in it? Or do they even want them over anyone else? So that's that's the feeling is that that Toronto, Milwaukee, Orlando could be a real run on bigs in that run. Unless the Jason Kidd does not have a point guard he likes. Unless he really likes Wade Baldwin or likes DeJounte Murray. Uh, the, the One of the rumors floating around there is both Murray and Davis – uh, could slip a little in the draft. Both Murray and Davis uh, could slip a little on draft night. That's that's one of the talk talking points around the area. So now let's walk through it. Let, let's assume for a second that that big run happens at 9, 10, 11. What do the Jazz do at 12? I think if they're going big, you, you really consider Jakob Pertl as your fourth big. I, I watched a ton of film on him. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff to really like about him. He moves laterally well. Uh, many of you know him well. I'd never watched him before until yesterday. He's long. Uh, he impacts the pick and roll both as a drop big. He looks like he could step up a little bit. He state when he gets switched out on a guy, he he moves fairly well. There are some things to not like about him as well, though. Uh, his offensive game does not particularly translate to the NBA. Uh, that back-to-the-back post game is not something you see in the NBA. And frankly, when he's up against bigger, stronger guys, he doesn't hold his own great at that point. Uh, his passing skills are fabulous. Ability to handle the ball out front are really terrific. However, he's not physically strong. After he gets his handed to him a few times, will he suddenly get bigger and stronger in that regard? He's not a good weak side shot blocker at all in a bunch of the games I've watched. Seems almost slow to react to it. Uh, I'll put out a video today and let you see that. Um, so I don't think he's going to be a big-time rim protector. He's just going to be legitimate 7-1 big guy in the NBA. You have no idea what his shooting level is. You just don't know. You're drafting him without that knowledge of whether he's going to ever be able to make a 10-footer or a 15-footer uh, or he's just going to be, be a kind of a wing pop guy on the baseline. You just don't have any uh, feeling at all on Pirtle in that regard. So, And he, he plays hard, and he's, he's still young. So th- th- that's it. Uh, the other... Uh, name I would just kind of throw out there a little bit is Zizic is an interesting prospect. Uh, just kind of, you know, off the beaten path, I, I would kind of just throw that out there. Zizic is an int- he's big. He's much more physical than Pirtle. He's going to bang a lot more. He's got a better touch. You know he's going to be able to shoot a little bit uh, more than you would. Uh, I don't know. What you don't know on him at all is whether he can pass, whether he can handle the ball, whether he's good enough laterally to move in the pick and roll in the same fashion. So that's a, I just kind of keep that name out there. The other, uh, now, the other choice is, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, 
who's the Turkish kid, high-level shooter. He's interesting because he got a $2 million buyout, so many people thought he was going to pull out of the draft, including myself. I had, I had reported that or said that on this podcast. And it turns out that he's not and that the word is that he really wants not only that, but that he wants to stay in the draft uh, for uh, – because he wants to come to the NBA and work on his body. Now, from a Jazz standpoint, that might be perfect. With the D-League team in Salt Lake, he goes and plays 35 minutes a night for the D-League team and 7 minutes a night for the Jazz, and he develops over the next two years into a really interesting uh, prospect for the Jazz if he can shoot and probably can play a little bit right away. He's been playing at a pretty high-level league, hasn't got a lot of time because winning is so important in Europe. There's no such thing as developing in Europe. And so he might be actually able to play a little bit more uh, than he would. The, uh, so that's Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, there's one other player I'll tell you about in just a second, but uh, let me first talk to you about the Utah NBA online program. Uh, if you, you know, life's really... Uh, is busy and it's hard to make the next step in your career. I, I, I've been very fortunate, you know, be one track, but I talk to my friends all the time and you've got life's busy. You've got family, you're traveling for work, you have a career, you're changing schedules and you, how, how do I make the next step? Well, the MBA program on the MBA online program at the University of Utah allows you to earn a world class MBA anytime, anywhere. And the program is specifically designed for working professionals seeking an innovative online MBA with high level uh, flexibility. The MBA is program, the University of Utah, something they're very proud of. It's top 10 online MBA program in the West. You'd like that if your sports teams were top 10. You'll take it, right? You'll earn an MBA degree that's the exact same as the on-campus MBA students. The courses are optimized for online delivery using studio-recorded lectures, weekly deliverables. Uh, we'll provide personalized coaching for your career advancement centers tailored to wh- whatever you are in your uh, career. So their coaches can work with you remotely or on campus. Highly selective program gives you great networking opportunities with three-day residency and group projects. It's really, it's, it's very, very well done. And it's a great chance for you to make the next step in your career. They're accepting applications for the fall of 2016. They also have February, May, and August starts. UtahMBAOnline.com. UtahMBAOnline.com or 801-587-8870. 801-587-8870. Another name I would throw out there uh, for the Jazz, is Luau. I think that's how you pronounce it. He, it's kind of disappeared off the list of guys. He's he's kind of dropped, but you know what? As you start, as I start to analyze the draft and look at what's going on from the Jazz standpoint, a lot of names, like I've talked about Wade Baldwin, we've talked about DeJounte Murray, I mentioned I think Murray could drop a little bit. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for the Jazz to add a pseudo point guard. Uh, and that's really what Murray and Baldwin are, unless you just believe that player is so good that you can't deny. And and I like Baldwin, uh, but I'm not sure I think he's so good. Fact is, the Jazz need to add a point guard to their roster in all likelihood, but he probably needs to be a veteran. He needs to be someone who's established, can give Dante a soft landing. Maybe it's Shelvin Mack. Maybe it's somebody uh, with more experience. And I think that's where the probably, at least in my thought, the number one priority for the Jazz is to add that type of veteran to the roster. Now, with that said, if you go draft a Wade Baldwin or a DeJounte Murray, that makes it awfully hard. Now you suddenly have Trey Burke, Howell Neto, Shelvin Mack, Dante Exum, and this guy, and you're going to sign a veteran? 
doesn't seem to make sense unless you really believe, you know, Baldwin, I like, and the criticism on him is, well, what position is he? Is he really, is he still learning to be a one or a two? And I blew it on C.J. McCollum on that, so I'm a little question, you know, unwilling to give that up. And I, and I like Baldwin. I think, I think he's a pretty good player, but you better be uh, really certain he's special if you're the Jazz and you're going to draft him. And so now you start to look other things. So we talked about the bigs and Pirtle and Zizic. You talk about... Uh, and Sabonis, if he's there, it doesn't seem likely. Uh, then you talk about the wings, and you got Korkmaz. But then there's also this guy, Timothy uh, Luau, who is he's six seven. He's a little older. He's born in '95, so he's already 21 uh, years old. He's been playing pro for a while. He plays for an uh, an interesting team that plays a very up tempo style, and so it inflates his numbers a little bit. That's kind of a uh, one of the questionable things, but he's been pro since he's 17, so he's probably willingly established. He's got good size. He's 6'7", with a 7-foot wingspan. He's got NBA athleticism. He's a good leaper, and it looks to me watching film, I haven't watched a lot of them off to do some, that he can go off either foot, uh, which I think is really, really important uh, in the NBA. I'm a huge believer in that. And the feeling on a lot of people is that he could step in and actually defend almost immediately. Uh, and and have an impact on games with his with his strength, his size, his maturity, and, and impact games uh, defensively uh, right away uh, along the way. I don't, uh, you know, Dennis Lindsay's had pretty good luck drafting, being a part of drafts with six, seven uh, guys. He played uh, on the France U18 team and the U20 national team, so he's had big time exposure there. He's he's a name that is circling back. Uh, both Luau and Zizic seem like they're stretches, but frankly, it's not, you know, if a guy's projected at 19 or 20 or 22 and you like him at 12, just take him. You know, it's great to say, oh, we should trade back. and do that. Eh, But I don't think this is a, because of what I talked about earlier, I don't necessarily think this is a draft in which you're going to be able uh, to do that. So it's he's an, this is an interesting uh, prospect uh, that probably should continue to get a little bit more mention. Um, and, you know, I think that there at times is a feeling of uh, liking some some of these international players and the physical experiences uh, that they've had already in their career. Uh, I think there's a little feeling on Luau that he could just become a, a 3 and D guy. I mean, if nothing else, if he takes Chris Johnson's role uh, with some upside there, it might be, you know that's a that's a spot where the Jazz need something. Corkmoss could probably do that as well. So that that's just two guys in there. It just seems like those kind of begin to fit as as we get closer and closer to the draft. The idea to me of drafting a ball handler or you know a kind of one two guard doesn't unless he's really special. So I like Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray were suddenly available, yeah, maybe I've got to move up and go get him if he slides to eight and Sacramento's willing to uh, do a deal. Um, to get to make that deal, then then maybe you're able to uh, to do that. Sacramento's got a little bit of point guard problem. They don't have Rondo and Collison's being Darren Collison's being arrested and some things like that. So maybe you can make some sort of a deal where you you move twelve and and one of our guards to to get to eight. Maybe it's going to take you more than that. But and then you go take Jamal Murray. Then that's a little bit of a different uh, scenario because you're you're dealing with a guy you think can score you know fifteen twenty points a game uh, in the NBA. There there is a feeling. In this draft, which, you know, if you're going to be very there, – there's a lot of people being very critical about this draft right now, and they may be right. You know, that if you look at that Buddy Heald, if he gets drafted by five by Minnesota, they're shopping Zach Levine right now. Well, is Buddy Heald really better than Zach Levine? Uh, 
Denver's sitting at seven. If Buddy Heald's there, is he really better than Gary Harris? Uh, is Jamal Murray really playing over, you know, if he gets drafted at, at whatever, Sacramento at eight, he's better than anybody they have at two guard, I would, I would agree. Um, but so you, you start to piece these things together and, and you wonder on Murray and Baldwin, you know, are, are they really starting point guards in the NBA? Uh, probably, maybe not. Maybe they're really good wing third guards. Well, okay, we probably that's not where the Jazz are, are going uh, at this moment. So my feeling as we inch, inch closer is you kind of have the, the, the Jakob Pertl, uh, Zizic, Sabonis. Uh, I've left Ellison out of this conversation. I just don't get a vibe on him. I, and I also th- have him projected to be gone in every draft. Um, possibility there. I have Davis gone in every possibility that I've, I've run through as well. Uh, and then you have, you know, the wing. And in this draft, the wings both happen to be foreign. Uh, Malachi Richardson would be the other guy in there. Uh, incredible athlete. Blow your mind. Physical skills uh, that to be discussed. Uh, Dust did not shoot well at Syracuse, and Syracuse players have not always uh, progressed. So that's that's where we stand right now. I want to share some scenes with you. Uh, first of all, just was getting on the elevator a second ago. Demontis Sabonis was there. Arvidas Sabonis was next to him. He just dwarfs him. It's incredible how small Demontis Sabonis looked next to Arvidas. Just stunning. Uh, the Pirtle family was uh, doing the New York thing last night a little differently than some others. Uh, they had a contingency of about 12 or 13, and they were in the hotel lobby having a pizza party. Uh, there were a bunch of pe- – they had some pizza out. The lobby stretched out, and there they were having uh, their pizza party. I believe it was the Pirtle family. I, don't, I think I recognized uh, Jakob, but again, I, I don't know these guys. Uh, I talked to Calipari for a little while yesterday. He's out and about. Uh, I'm going to go sit down and interview most of these players in the next hour or two um, and, and see what's, what's taking place there. So uh, in summation, the big stories of the day are kind of where's Minnesota? Can, can anyone get out of the top eight? Uh, how does that change things? Uh, does Minnesota go healed? Does Murray really fall? Is does can you trade up to go get Murray? He he seems to be someone people are souring on a little bit right now because of the lack of athleticism. Will there be a run of bigs right before Utah? Uh, we talked about that. Then uh, one other thing I did want to hit was backstops. I don't think Pirtle gets by. I think Pirtle's last stop is fourteen with Chicago. Um, I actually think one big's going to drop. Pirtle, Sabonis, or Scal. One of those guys is going to drop. I think whoever it is stops at Chicago. Uh, what gets interesting is if for some if someone jumps and takes Baldwin early or takes Murray early or takes Luau early or takes Corkmont, like if one too many wings goes, one of those bigs has a bad day because I don't think – so at Chicago at 14 takes one of them. Denver at 15 with – Laverne, Jokic, and Nokic, they don't take him. Boston, I think, is going to take Zizic because I think, from what I hear, Zizic, Zizic will spend an extra year um, in Europe, and Boston can't afford to take all these picks. Memphis, everyone seems to hear, is Malachi Richardson. Detroit at 18 could be... Beasley's being talked about. DeJounte Murray could be mentioned there. Baldwin, if he's still available, goes there. So suddenly he slides. You get back to Denver again. Is it 19? They've already passed on the guys once. Uh, There's a chance that Sabonis, Ellison, Davis, Scal, Pirtle, one of those five, just because there's too many bigs, 
can slip all the way to 20. It's just a numbers game. The top eight goes to the top eight. If it's not a run on bigs at 9, 10, 11, 12, and so if, you know, if Baldwin, Korkmaz, Luau, suddenly three guys that you wouldn't expect go in that realm, or Richardson slides in, some wing, DeJounte Murray even, there, there's just not enough spots for them. Uh, just not enough spots. So that's the other storyline. I'll keep you updated on it all. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. Today's editions have been brought to you by the University of Utah MBA online program. Visit utahmbaonline.com to advance your career with an online MBA. And by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Call Devin today to get your market analysis. 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. That is... Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.